Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about holding strong opinions loosely. Uh, so have you ever had an opinion or a belief you know, or a prediction about investment markets that was subsequently proven to be incorrect and that you were surprised the fact that you were actually wrong? And I don't mean that in a really arrogant way, but I mean that sometimes we have opinions about direction of markets or behaviours or outcomes and we start to become... Uh, very firm with our opinions uh, and that can create uh, problems sometimes, particularly with investing. And that's why I like the saying, hold strong opinions loosely, have conviction with respect to your opinions, but certainly be open to the fact that they might not be correct. Uh, It's my view that a humble mindset is really the best way of, firstly, one, being avoided being blindsided by unexpected investment risk. So not seeing the risk is the problem. And two, making sure you spot all your investment opportunities. And that's the topic of this today's podcast. Uh, So I was reading uh, Robert Glazer's uh, Friday Forward uh, blog, which he writes every uh, week, believe it or not, as the name suggests on a Friday. And he made a reference to a book uh, called Mistakes Were Made But Not, not By Me um, uh, by two authors that, uh, that are psychologists. And uh, they talked about the situation where cult leaders would predict that the, the, the world was going to end on a specific toll, date and told everyone to prepare for that date. Uh, but when the day passed without, obviously, a, a fiery inferno, the world didn't actually end, um, you would expect these cult leaders to have lost all credibility. Instead, the exact opposite happened. Leaders simply just declared their prediction was wrong and declared a new date, and followers doubled down and began preparing for the next apocalypse. Uh, and which sort of defies belief, but I guess we've all seen these cults being talked about in the media and seen these things happened, happen. And, um, you know, there's even situations where the cults have um, engaged in mass suicide because they were told that their, um, their bodies, their human bodies, wouldn't take them to the next life and so forth, etc., etc. But um, seemingly bizarre and uh, un- irrational behaviour And so the authors uh, sort of shone a light on why did this exist and they suggested that it was just too painful for the the cult uh, followers to admit they'd fallen for a a fraudulent prophecy. And it was just easier to avoid interrogating their own judgment and instead dig a deeper hole of delusion, delusion for themselves. And I thought it was a really interesting story that had some application towards investing as well. And certainly there's been times or there's segments of the investment industry and property market that uh, I think exhibit some of these characteristics. And uh, particularly of, of late, there's been a bit of media about the change in expectations for property prices. You know, that in uh, May, around sort of May this year, uh, a lot of people, in fact, the vast majority of people were thinking, you know, the property market was going to crash and somewhere between 
prices would fall somewhere between 10 and 30%. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, there's been a lot of movement and the general market consensus now is no real change. And so the property bears have uh, disappeared. But it's really interesting to note that there has been some commentators certainly over the last 18 years since I started ProSolution, that have been perpetually negative about the Australian property market. It's always overvalued. It's always um, uh, just around the corner for a correction. And the two people um, the two people are Martin North and Dr. Steve Keane. Uh, Martin North runs a, a company called Digital Financial Analytics, um, but used to be a consultant for a, a larger international company, uh, and uh, Steve Keane's uh, an economist uh, that's now working in London but used to work for a, a, a few Australian uh, universities. And I remember actually Steve Keane being interviewed um, on 60 Minutes on TV in 2008 telling all Australians to sell their property, that property was going to crash. In fact, uh, they even showed him walking through his apartment that he was living at the time that he that he also sold and he was absolutely convinced. And I remember watching it thinking, I don't believe this is going to happen, but wow, he's he's 100% convinced, almost started doubting myself. Uh, and uh, anyway, he predicted that prices would drop uh, by 40% between 08 and 10. Uh, they didn't. They uh, dropped somewhere between 5 and 10%, I think, from memory. Uh, it certainly wasn't even close. In fact, uh, uh, an interest rate strategist had a bet with him uh, from Macquarie had a bet with him and the loser had to uh, climb Mount Kosciuszko uh, and so he, he did that. He had to uh, do that as the loser of the bet. But certainly he was wrong, but he also doubled down uh, after he was wrong and said, yeah, I was wrong, but it'll happen by 2025. Well, we're at 2020 now. Um, we've got low interest rates, uh, loosening lending standards, um, uh, lots of government uh, stimulus going on. Of course, we've had COVID, um, but certainly it looks like his uh, prediction is going to be wrong yet again, but uh, somewhat reminiscent of the cult's, uh, cult followers that are predicting the end of the world. Uh, you know, these perpetually negative views that um, w- without any um, room for possibility that they could be wrong ignoring all the evidence, you know, the fact that they've been wrong over the last 20 years and, in fact, the property market has delivered, at least investment-grade property has delivered uh, um, um, pretty compelling returns over that time. You know, these situations uh, lack, or all these people kind of lack credibility. So there's always going to be these people out there that hold a view. And I think the, the risk is or the issue or the problem that they're dealing with is that they hold the view so strongly that, that they can't see that there could be another side of the coin. And I guess another example I've seen is some financial advisors, you know, they have a viewpoint or have a methodology um, that they believe in and, and will defend it staunchly. I think people that defend a position so strongly, um, uh, perhaps it's a it's a sign that they're, um, they're not holding strong opinions loosely. And uh, in that situation, they won't see the risks. If uh, an advisor believes that active funds management or a particular approach adopted by one uh, rules-based investment manager, for example, which is, uh, which is uh, um, I'm referencing a situation that I'm familiar with, 
Um, uh, so even uh, th- if they have such a strong belief, they just won't see uh, things change, markets change or risks occur or they'll be blind to all these sorts of things. Uh, things in life are really black and white. There's always some level of, of nuance uh, so that's why I love that saying, hold strong opinions loosely. You know, again, have conviction uh, in your investment strategy, which is, uh, you know, should be supported by sound evidence and evidence, uh, evidence-based strategies and methodologies and so forth. But at the same time, leave room for the possibility that you could be wrong. Leave room for the possibility that not every investment you make uh, will actually work out exactly how you'd hoped. And this humble mindset will greatly reduce your investment risk because you won't be, or at least there's very little chance of you being blindsided by unexpected risk. But also it ensure that you spot opportunities and you keep kind of testing yourself. The other thing to be really aware of is confirmation bias as well. Confirmation bias is a tendency to look for or only take notice of uh, information or evidence that supports our own beliefs. Um, and when it comes to investing, confirmation bias is really dangerous. So for me, if I believe in an evidence-based, low-cost, diversified index way of investing, then really the only information that I should consume is information that is written by people that also believe the same things as me. And that will create a, a heavy amount of confirmation bias. Uh, well, that's not what I do. And in fact, I'm about to join a presentation in, in a couple of hours uh, from a active fund manager in the global um, uh, funds management space. It's really important to make sure that you consume almost equal levels of information, um, uh, information from sources, from people that you believe and or that, that, that align with your beliefs, I should say. And then information uh, that is contrary to your beliefs. And you keep testing what you believe in, in terms of where the property market's going to go, how to invest in shares, who is the right financial advisor to uh, appoint or who should you be dealing with, should you in fact get advice, all these sorts of things. Uh, Just be careful about what information you're consuming and make sure it's a broader array of views. And that way you... um, Avoid the temptation to really uh, uh, fall into that confirmation bias. Uh, adopt your view and and uh, and hold it too too strongly. I do that with um, economists and and portfolio managers that I meet with uh, from time to time. Uh, what I will do uh, in those situations is argue the point for the alternate view that I have. So, for example, if I think the U.S. tech sector is overvalued, and I do. Um, I will go into that meeting making an argument that technology is, in fact, um, going to play a massive role in uh, economics and business over the next few decades. And that's what's reflecting in its current valuation is how big a uh, portion it will play. Uh, and so I'll argue for the affirmative that, uh, that uh, in fact, technology is a great investment That'll invite me to be the devil's advocate in my own mind and sort of almost debate my own beliefs and test my own beliefs internally. Uh, And then also um, uh, people that have broad and deep experience, the the economists and the portfolio managers that I'm meeting with that that spend a lot of time thinking deeply about these issues, it'll give them an opportunity to either argue against me uh, and then that'll just confirm my own beliefs. 
uh, or in fact argue for me and present other considerations that I hadn't otherwise thought. Now, they might not be uh, so prepared to do that and disagree with me uh, in almost all situations. So the fact that then I start with an alternate view is uh, make sure that they're really going to tell me how what they think it is rather than necessarily just blindly agree with me. Uh, so it's a really good opportunity then to sit back and think about what are some of the beliefs or strongly held views that you have and and could you be wrong? You know, over the last 20 years of, of meeting with different investors and so forth, uh, hundreds, thousands of investors, um, there's a few common beliefs that I come across. Investing in shares is risky, that's one. Uh, that all financial advisors are greedy and shouldn't be trusted. Uh, and we can completely understand why people hold those views, given what's come out in the media and the Royal Commission. And in fact, I don't argue with the fact that on the whole, uh, financial advisors have done an absolutely terrible job at representing their clients' best interests. And another one is that property is overvalued and cannot generate double-digit returns in the future. You know, I come across people that think, you know, they wouldn't go anywhere near property. Now, uh, I'm not saying you need to uh, test or change those views, um, but just realise that holding or adopting very strong views um, and not allowing uh, the possibility that you could be wrong uh, will either create or expose you to investment risks that, uh, that, that wouldn't otherwise be acceptable or... Uh, will cost you in terms of opportunity costs. You miss, uh, miss opportunities. So it's a really good thing just to sit down and have a think about and reflect on what views that you hold uh, and whether you're holding them too strongly. Okay, that's it for me this week. Uh, the podcast is doing really well, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening in. Uh, and uh, if you do enjoy it, please do share it. Please like it on uh, on iTunes and or wherever you listen to your podcast uh, so we can spread the word. But until next week, bye for now.